Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Brooke, and this is Balanced Monday. Today, I am so excited because this is a topic that I've been asked about quite a few times, or am I doing this right? How to do this correctly? So I am going to teach you today how to ask for a sign and how you can expect to receive it and how it's going to show up in your life. So this is something that I have recently done, as recent as yesterday, and I had such a cool experience with it that I felt like, okay, now is the time to share about signs. I've posted on TikTok about asking for a sign, believe I've even posted here about it, but this kind of sign is going to be a little bit different. So this is how I ask for a sign from my family members that have passed away and how I connect with those family members that have passed. And it's so beautiful, so emotional, and such a sensitive topic. So that's why I wanted to share my own personal experience rather than saying, hey, here's how to do this. I want to say, hey, here's how to do this, and here's how I did it yesterday. So I am going to just jump right in. And if you've been listening to me for a while, I've kind of shared little bits and pieces here and there that you may have heard. But my dad passed away almost three years ago, and that was really the first death for me that I've experienced of someone close. Of course, there have been other deaths in my family or other deaths in friends or people that I went to high school with, people that I've known, but this was the first death that was really close to me. And I didn't know how to communicate with someone that had passed away, and you know, sometimes you kind of pray and talk to them or something makes you think of someone that's passed and it's it's a cool moment. You can have a beautiful moment with them. But when my dad passed away, it was so different. Like that phone call, you can't make that phone call again. You can't show up at someone's house. You can't expect to see them at a family gathering anymore. So how do you keep that relationship alive and how do you still communicate with them? So this is what I did and I've done this many times in the past. So I'm going to tell you what happened yesterday and then kind of share a little bit further into it. So I had asked my dad for a sign and this was more personal to me. So I'm not going to share exactly why I asked for the sign, but I asked, I was like looking for reassurance. So I asked my dad, to see a purple flower. I wanted to see a purple flower. And how I asked is really, I kind of talk to my dad in my mind. Um, sometimes when I'm like really, really calm and in this super receptive place that's real open to receiving, sometimes I talk to him that way. And sometimes I talk to him in a way that's more like life is just going, going, going. And I'm like, see something that reminds me. And I'm like, oh, hey, that reminds me of you, dad, just in my head. Okay, so that's how I, I just kind of frequently talk with my dad. And I asked him for the sign. And so what I did is I just asked him in my mind. And I just was alone and quiet. And I said, hey, I'd like to see a purple flower for some clarity. And I picture what I want to see in my head. I picture the purple flower and how I kind of expect it to look. And then, this is an important part here. You want to be open to receiving. Now, like I've talked about when we build relationships and trust with ourselves, 
I've built the trust and relationship with my dad since he's passed. In the beginning, of course, I asked for signs and didn't receive them. And it's because I hadn't built a real relationship and I didn't really figure out how to communicate with him in the beginning. And now I feel like I do understand how to communicate with him better. So if someone has very, very recently passed and you haven't been able to communicate with them or get a sign from them, don't give up. Just continue learning your relationship style and continue learning how to communicate with them in the most effective way. And you'll start to see it show up more because you'll be able to build that trust. And so I have this trust in this relationship with my dad since he's passed. So I fully believed that the if I was meant to see the purple flower to answer what I was looking for, I would see it. I believed that regardless, I would receive direction from my dad. So I asked for the purple flower. This was on Sunday. And on Monday, when I got off work, my husband and I went to the grocery store. And when we were walking around in the grocery store, I saw purple flowers, of course, in the floral section of a grocery store. And in my head, I kind of laughed and I was like, mm, I don't know, that was, that was too easy. I don't know. You know, I see the purple flowers. I know I asked you for purple flowers, but I don't know. I'm not fully convinced yet. That one just seemed too easy. And a little side note, it's so funny how our minds do that. Those purple flowers were plenty confirmation, plenty confirmation. And I know so because I never go to the grocery store. Every time I get groceries, I always do a Target drive up, but I didn't have time to wait for the Target drive up because I didn't have any coffee. So I had to run into the store and go grab something. So it wasn't a coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidences and our ego really likes to shed doubt on things sometimes, sometimes even as a defense mechanism to prevent ourselves from getting hurt and to prevent ourselves from being vulnerable. It's like, mm, nope, that wasn't the sign. I need something crazy to pop out at me before I'm going to believe that. So in that moment, I, I said to my dad, I said, okay, I see it. I appreciate it but I'm not convinced yet and I want to see more because this is a topic, like I said, that was personal to me and I'm a little sensitive about. So I'm like, I want to see more. So as my husband and I leave the grocery store, what's planted all outside of the grocery store, purple flowers. And so I smiled and I was like, okay, thank you. And I felt that confirmation inside of me and I felt happy and content with that. But I knew that my mind was still kind of wondering, even though I was content, my mind is still kind of going there, right? Like I'm still wondering, hmm, was that the sign? So we go home and we watched the Suicide Squad movie, Suicide Squad 2. And I, as the movie started, I was like, okay, dad, if you're for real, let me see some purple flowers in this movie. And it wasn't in a mocking tone. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, right. It was like, I believe you. It was like a full on like, okay, I've seen two purple flower, two sets of purple flowers today. And I believe you. So show me it again, because I believe you not, like I said, not in a mocking way, in a trusting way, like, all right, you've showed me. And now I am there. I am confident. And I believe you. This is not a spoiler. Don't worry. But there's a scene, if you've seen the movie, 
um, there's a scene where a ton of flowers start exploding behind Harley Quinn's head. And in the midst of those flowers, there are tons of purple ones. And this was, I don't even know how far into the movie. So I had, at this point, I had kind of forgotten that I asked for the flowers. And this movie's not flowery. This movie's not like a, like, um, if you've seen the Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn, it, it's not like that as far as like, you'd expect to see a ton of flowers or you'd expect to kind of see some cutesy stuff like that. So I didn't think I would see flowers in the movie and I had kind of forgotten by the time that they came up but I saw all these purple flowers behind her head and I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and I was freaking out because I was like oh there it is there's my sign there's my confirmation and it felt so good and in my family I have am kind of the one that's known for being able to communicate with people that have passed. And it's not anything weird. It's not like I am like talking to them and having full on conversations or anything like that with people that have passed. It's just a sign. It's just a confirmation. It's just a love offering from someone I love that has passed away. And they're sharing it with me during my human experience, which is so cool. And I love getting signs like that. So like I said, my family kind of knows me for this now. And I've had people ask me, you know, how do you do it? How, how are you doing that? So I wanted to share my most recent example that, like I said, like I just shared that had happened with my dad and asking for the purple flower, which was incredible. And it's a simple formula. Build a trusting, loving relationship. When my dad first passed, I was looking for signs everywhere. I was looking for dreams. I was looking for signs of him. I had seen people on Facebook that, you know, every time they found a dime, they knew that their loved one was watching over them. That was their sign. Or some people have a time stamp that they know, you know, oh, that's when someone passed away. And so that time stamp is super significant to me. And I didn't have that with my dad. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm such a spiritual person. My dad's the first person that's super close to me that has passed. Obviously, he's going to be sending me signs all the time. He loves me so much, you know, duh, I'm going to be seeing all these things. And I didn't. And in the beginning, I, I was like, feeling a little neglected, as silly as it sounds, until I took the time to really build that relationship and talk to him. And what it did is it didn't change anything for him. It changed everything for me. It made me believe in what was possible. It showed me that it wasn't scary to talk to him. It showed me that there is someone on the other end of the phone line. You know what I mean? So that's the first step. Building a relationship. Because when you build that relationship, you build the trust. And when you trust, that's when you're open to receiving. When you don't trust and you're closed off and you're like, mm, that's not real. That's not going to happen. Oh, I'm going to ask for this sign, but... Yeah, right. And if I get it, I'm just going to brush it off and say it wasn't real anyway. If that's the attitude you have, you're not going to receive the things that you want to see. Now, if I asked for a purple flower and I saw a purple flower, that's my sign. That is good enough. But our brains do like to convince us and say, mm, maybe that wasn't. Maybe 
that was just a coincidence or maybe how would that have happened because we want to use logic our ego wants to figure it out and wants there to be this reasoning behind it and I believe that there's just some things that don't have tons of reasoning behind them and that's okay and I'm going to enjoy the signs that I get without needing any reason why so that's the, the basic build that foundation build that relationship and then you want to be open to receiving it and with that then you can ask for whatever it is that you're looking for I recommend signs because it's such an easy non-threatening way to communicate as you guys know if you've listened to me before I really talk about non-threatening approaches to our ego I love to make our ego feel really really safe because I feel that that's a sweet spot where we find where we get answers, where we can manifest effortlessly, and where we can kind of push ourselves to expansion without stepping into too much fear that keeps us from exploring full potential. So that is exactly where I operate. I'm operating in a place of looking for signs. Yes, there have been times where I've heard actual, I won't say heard, but I've received full sentence downloads of things from my dad that has passed. Yes, I have. But start with asking for a sign or start with asking what feels good for you. My grandma passed recently as well. She passed in March and I've shared that on the podcast too. And with her, I asked her, actually, with her, I started seeing butterflies all the time after she had passed. Now, because I had communicated with my dad, this is not the mom of my dad. The grandma that passed in March. This is not my dad's mom, so they're not related. But I had built the trusting relationship with my dad, so I knew I could build the trusting relationship with my grandma because I had that faith there and that belief that if I've done this before, I can do this again. I Now I kind of know what I'm working with. Now I know what I'm doing. Well, after my grandma had passed, I started seeing butterflies all the time. It was just non-stop. There were so many butterflies. So I was talking to her one time in my mind and I was just like, I love the butterflies. Keep them coming. I absolutely love the butterflies and every time I see one, I'm going to think of you. Please keep them coming. And they were non-stop. I mean, non-stop. As soon as I said that, I was seeing multiple butterflies a day, whether they were real, whether it was on TV, whether I'd go somewhere and I'd see butterfly jewelry, butterfly notebook, and it was like in my face stuff, not stuff I was searching for. It was so clear. And again, like I said, I haven't really had people close to me pass away. So these two deaths are very, very profound for me and hold a lot of emotional weight for me. So being able to communicate with these two people that mean so much to me really keeps me going. And I know I'm going to see him again, right? I, I know. I know I will, but that seems far away. Of course, I don't know how long I have. None of us know how long we have. But seeing them again does feel like it's so far away. So it brings me a lot of comfort to be able to communicate with them, even if it's through some signs that I receive. It feels so good. It gives me the chills. Sharing stories like this with my family is so comforting for them too because it's like they can picture that person in such a loving place that they're able to give us signs like they're still here with us 
I in the past have said that my dad being gone kind of feels like he's on a vacation with no phone service. Like he's in Jamaica, he's in Mexico somewhere, like he's in Costa Rica, he's somewhere just like having the best vacation, the best time of his life, but he doesn't have cell phone service there, so I can't reach him. And that's how my brain copes with, you know, the loss. And asking for signs and receiving those signs provides so much comfort. So if you have someone in your life that has passed that you want to communicate with, I highly recommend starting to build that relationship with them because they are around you and you can communicate with them. And it's not hard. It's not some practice that you have to try so hard for. I mean, just before you're going to bed at night, you can talk to them. I have talked to my family members when I'm in the shower and just kind of alone and at peace by myself. And there's also a book. I have not fully read this book. My intention is to fully read it, but I haven't yet. It's called Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe, and it's by Laura Lynn Jackson. I'll put it in the description here so you can find it. And my best friend actually got this for me for my birthday. And it, it just immediately, when I first started reading it, it was like I resonated so much because it really is about the comfort the hope that exists when we know that we can still communicate with our loved ones because a life without them just seems so lonely and sad. Even though you know they're around, it's like, well, they're not at this big family dinner. They're not at Christmas. They're not at this. And being able to have a sign of them really does feel like, ah, oh, there's hope. Nothing in this world feels better to me than love. And that's something that I want to make sure is communicated here as well. These signs are really just communication of pure love. I believe that when people pass, they return to what we all are, which is pure, genuine love. And that's what these signs are. And if you're someone that sees signs through time, signs through maybe your dreams, if you see a certain symbol you know, if you see a certain item, if you see a, see a certain car, whatever it is that's special to you, let it be special. And if someone is like, oh, like that's a coincidence, don't believe it or whatever, you don't have to listen to them. It's personal to you. Whatever sign that you have assigned to a family member or a friend or anyone that you know that has passed, that's perfect. Even if it's something silly, if it's something weird, if it's something that you would think doesn't make sense, whatever sign that exists for that person in your life is perfect just the way that it is. And I just want you to know that you can communicate with them. And yeah, if you ever want to ask me about it, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or a comment or anything like that. I'd love to help you out there if I can because it's such a beautiful experience. And I also wanted to share just kind of a closing note, a friendly, friendly reminder that I remind myself often that as you all are my friends, I would tell all my friends this, but just a reminder that things that happen in your life, like interactions you have with other people, 
they are not personal. And it took me a long time to really, really understand what that meant because I'd be like, yeah, I get it. It's not personal. You know, this person hurt me, but I get it. It's not personal. And I'm like trying to drill it into my head like, okay, that thing wasn't personal. They must have been having a bad day and they took it out on me and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm trying to convince myself. And I did get it. I did realize then and I have seen so much crazy healing since I've stopped taking other things things that other people do so personally. But something happened to me the other day that really reinforced it to me. And I was walking with my husband in the hallway of our apartment complex. And two people were coming. So like we were walking past each other, basically, like we were, there were two guys and there's my husband and myself. And we were all like walking different directions. And I was looking down at my phone and I felt kind of like, this was, I think maybe a month or so ago, and I just was exhausted. I wasn't feeling so good. I just wanted to look at my phone and I was like totally into my phone. Whatever I was doing, I was fully into it. A lot of the people in my apartment complex do not talk to each other. Like if you walk by someone, most people don't really say anything. People aren't rude. I think people are just really into their own business and and no one really like says anything to each other when we walk by. So I wasn't expecting them to say anything to me and I was very, very into my phone. And if anything, I thought they may say something to my husband because it was two guys. So like if anything, you know, I don't know if they do like the nod or the what's up or whatever, you know, to my husband, but I didn't expect them to say anything to me. Well, we walk by And I was just, like I said, into my phone. And my husband's like, they said hi to you. So they kind of like said hi to my husband. And I guess they said hi to me. And I didn't even notice. I was so in my own world. And I felt horrible that I didn't notice. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad. I was like, they said hi to me? What? I was like, I thought they said something to you, but I didn't even pay attention to them saying something to me. And I felt horrible. They probably haven't thought about it again in their lives and they probably did not care because they were just saying it as a formality walking by. But if someone, if I would have said hi to someone and they kind of brushed it off, that could have hurt my feelings or that made me think, oh, they're so rude or what did I do wrong or why don't they like me or why didn't they say hi to me, right? Like these kind of thoughts can go through our head, but it's just a reminder not to take things personally. I didn't not say hi to them because I was mean or because I wanted to be mean to them or wanted to hurt them or wanted to be rude to them. It was personal. I was in my own little world not feeling great and just kind of wanting to shut the whole world out and get to the car so we could leave and go get food or go wherever we were going. And that's exactly what happens in any situation ever. When you interact with someone else, they are interacting with you based on how they're perceiving the world in that moment. In that moment, I was perceiving the world like I wanted to hurry up and get food, get back home. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to socialize. I wasn't feeling great. I wanted to be in my phone and just ignore the world. And it wasn't personal to those two people, but I felt so bad. I really felt so bad for not saying anything back, but it wasn't personal to them. And there have been many times, I've worked a few different customer service jobs 
where people are just nasty and you have to remind yourself they're treating me away based on how they're kind of viewing the world right now and how they're perceiving the world right now. They're treating me away based on how they feel about themselves, based on how their parents talked to them, based on so many things, so many factors go into how other people treat us. And it's always a reflection of them, not you. How somebody else acts is a reflection of them. If someone comes on your Instagram page and writes a nasty comment and says, oh my gosh, you're so fat, you're so ugly, you're so stupid, you're so fake, blah, 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 blah. It's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. It's a reflection of the person leaving the comment, not the person in the Instagram post. And sometimes when people say things because we're human, we're like, oh my gosh, like, is that true? Is that true about me, what they said? And it's always a reflection of them, not you. It's so weird, but people will perceive you in a way that lines up with how they perceive the world already. Our brains naturally stereotype people. And in that stereotyping process, it's like we may meet someone that we don't like. And then if we meet someone that's similar to the person we don't like, there we go. Our brain grouped them together. And then our brain's going to group the next person together in that group. And that's how stereotyping works. Our brain does this, our ego does this to keep us safe. So we group things together with similarity as kind of like an instinct to make sure that we're safe and make sure that we can protect ourselves. And in this process, we create these perceptions and the way that we see the world. And that's what everyone is doing. You know how weird it is? For me, I have been on the internet now kind of posting things online for almost a year. And it's so bizarre because it feels almost just a weird feeling like people are perceiving me right now and you could be perceiving me 10 people could be listening to this right now all perceiving me in a completely different way and then I exist inside of my head and I know exactly who I am and then these 10 people all have a different viewpoint of who I am and there may be some similarities but the perceptions will all be different and as weird as that sounds, it's so comforting for me because it reminds me not to take things personally. Because at the end of the day, there could be people that know me and know who I am, of course, but they'll never exist inside of my head and know really, truly the most deepest deep of who I am and what I am totally composed of, all my thoughts and everything. And that's just kind of a weird thought within itself. But again, it's comforting to know that nothing is personal. Every person that interacts with you has their own whole to-do list in life and tasks and goals and ideas and viewpoints and opinions. And you're just kind of playing a little part in their life, just like other people are playing a part in yours. And it's so weird to think about, but like I said, it kind of feels good because it's like, oh, their opinion actually doesn't matter. And to that point, maybe it's time to review who in your life you hold weight on their opinion. So like for me, my mom's opinion 
holds a lot of weight. My husband's opinion holds a lot of weight. Family members' opinions hold weight. Friends' opinions hold weight. Um, sometimes the internet's opinion holds weight for me now having a platform online. And it's kind of good to check in, like, where does my opinion hold weight? Because I'm the one that's got to live with me forever. I'm the one that's got to live inside of my head forever. So my opinion and my feelings should matter and should be at the top of my priority list because I'm the one that I'm going to be with the most. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm going to be with me. So I should really be putting weight and holding weight on my opinion rather than the opinions of other people. So it's good to check in and just kind of see whose opinions hold weight in your mind and why. And see if you can separate that person, even a family member. The way that a family member or somebody that you love so much, it's still not personal. Because everyone's got their own things going on, their own insecurities, their own traumas, their own experiences. I had an experience with someone a few years ago that projected a crazy fear onto me. Something that wouldn't I truly don't believe would ever happen to me in a million years. And she was like, but what if this and this happens? And I was like, what? Why would that happen to me? It was so shocking. It threw me off guard. And at first, I was a little offended by it. Like, why does this girl think that that would happen to me? That's so bizarre. And then I remembered it's because she's been through that thing. So she holds that fear and she wants to protect other people. But in that essence where she's trying to protect, she's actually just projecting that fear onto me of something that's not actually going to happen. And everyone is doing that all the time. Projecting fears, projecting insecurities. Even sometimes when we give people a ton of love, it comes from a place of coming from a fear, I guess, or like if you hadn't received tons and tons of love in your life, you may be trying to compensate by giving other people tons and tons of love. And really at the end of the day, your opinion should be the one that holds the most weight, not anyone else's because everyone's been through something and yeah, it's crazy. I've heard before that people that are people pleasers, are basically an opposite end of a narcissist, but that both are equally damaging because people-pleasing can be a form of manipulation. And let me tell you, when I heard that, I was absolutely shocked. And I'm like, no, but people-pleasing is nice and good. No, people-pleasing is just really a lack of boundaries stems from a place of insecurity, emotional instability, and, you know, you could see narcissism in kind of a similar light, but that's a conversation for an entirely other day. The reminder here is just not to take things so personally. Things that other people do to you are just because of how they are feeling at that moment and the way they're perceiving the world and their upbringing and so many millions of other factors. And what really matters is how much you love yourself. And when you close your eyes and you fall asleep at night, the way that you love yourself and take care of yourself 
and are there for yourself, that's what matters the most. And it doesn't mean that you can't count on other people or love other people or care about other people's opinions. Not at all. It's just a reminder for when you have a less than ideal experience because of how someone else has treated you, that it's not your fault. And it's not something that you need to go chasing after to fix or start wondering, oh, why did this happen to me? Or everyone must hate me. No, how people treat you is just a reflection of themselves. So that is the note that I wanted to leave you with today. And I'm so glad that you've joined me today. I'd love if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me and it helps others find me. For even more fun, keep up with me on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, all under the name Balanced Monday, one word with no space. I post here weekly, so make sure to come back next week for another episode of Balanced Monday. I hope you have a beautiful week, and I will talk with you next time. Bye!